listening to the sound effect and our pop-up episode this week which we are actually getting to record in the same room other, in the same room it's, i can uh, i can touch you this is stop touching me i'm touching uh this is exciting exciting for us anyway yeah. maybe not for you um but uh we're excited uh we also wanted to our pop-up episode this week we were kind of inspired by last week's episode on church of trees david live uh and the david live are going to be having listened to that um i think if you are a bowie fan you should definitely go back and check out that episode our uh guest um bernard fraser from church of trees did a terrific job and Spoke uh, so elegantly oh so like, uh, yeah you're just as i'm editing that i'm like yeah just keep talking like yeah. i'm just taking more Wonderful. of us out of it so yeah. yeah uh and that's that's the passion you want when you're that we wanted when we're we hope we get when people come on and talk about their favorite album not about themselves as much but uh, about their favorite album and that was that was bernard the whole way there was just like this album meant something to him and you could tell yeah so go back and listen to that uh and it got us thinking about our favorite live album so that's going to be our pop-up episode this week uh dave go ahead what what are you picking for your favorite live record that well, you when he brought that to us part of my thing was well what's a live album these days like i can go on youtube and find a live concert i can watch uh radiohead at glastonbury you know, when that happened, I was told like, oh my God, that show was amazing. And you go on and you can watch it. And yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. And you know, when, when Bernard brought up David live, I'm like, oh man, my favorite, one of my favorite things on David Bowie and YouTube is there's a performance he did at the Phoenix festival. And I think it was around 95, 96. And it's a fantastic set of new and old songs he was touring the outside album at the time and if you get a chance check that out but that's not a live album is it you know that's that's modern live like you can watch a there's a great nine inch nails concert from i think it was 2010 that was fan made and but trent reznor gave them all the the tracks and they put a fan made video like from people's phones and and whatever that from the same show and they put it together and it was all fan made and that's on youtube too but again that's not a live album whereas bernard's live album that was something like holy this is a this is david bowie live this is this is the only way like i hadn't he hadn't seen him and the same thing like i i uh you know it's it, it's tough i'm like well what live albums meant a lot to me so it's well, they get, I get what you're saying about that. Like my one of my favorite, I, I think if you were to go to my YouTube 
you know, history, the thing I probably listened to the most this year or watched the most is Sylvan Esso's uh, With Love concert film. So right. is that a live album? No. Right. But it's a concert film I can find on YouTube. And, and watch I, it over and over I've watched and it over, over and, and over, over again, again, right? Some live albums that meant a lot to me over the years is uh, there's a live Motorhead album that I got into in, in the early days of getting into metal. Someone handed me this cassette tape of like, oh, this is a cool band. And it was basically a greatest hits. It was from, you know, they have so many live albums, Motorhead. So, you know, take your pick. There's a live Jimi Hendrix album that I, I really got into. Even like uh, Band of Gypsies, which is basically a live album, is a fantastic live album. Um, you know, but I'll go with, uh, and it kind of bleeds into a conversation we've had before. About, but I'll, I'll go with probably not surprising. I'll, I'll say it's a Rush album. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure, and but it's the uh, it's the Clockwork Angels live hmm. uh, uh, tour. So a later one, much later, much later. Yeah, um, you know. So Mr. Lee's vocals aren't as shrieking and powerful as they used to be, but I don't think the band ever sounded better as they did on that tour. And part of another reason is that tour they pulled out a bunch of songs from my favorite album power windows from that's that was that's ground zero for me and rush and uh yeah it's to me they had the little string quartet or our string section with them that tour and it was it, they were touring a their first ever full-length concept album and uh i saw that tour at least twice and uh the the set list was great the the you know and it's just a it's it is like a greatest hits with a concept album thrown in towards the end uh it's probably got one of my favorite neil peart drum solos uh on it and one of the things i really really liked about it and again uh we had it was a conversation we had you, you mentioned the who live at leeds and how it was like well, I was just gonna say my mine in unarguably is is it so that's so is that yours? Let me because let me and tell tell me why and just tell well, me. Well, the the who's live at Leeds to me is now there are other great live records. The the Otis Redding side of Live at Montre is, is stunning, and I think far superior to the Jimi Hendrix side of that record. Sure. Um, and there's some uh, terrific live records. I mean, Kiss Alive is a great record. Uh, Made in Japan by Deep Purple is a great record, but for my money the the quintessential live record you know people would say maybe james brown but but live at leads to me is you have a band that's been trying to record a live record for the last year and they just and they wanted to be in bits and pieces like that's what the record company wanted and they said no no tonight's the night we do it tonight one fail swoop nothing whatever happens is on the record um, you have a band who are also after 10 years of, of really identifying themselves, like going from my generation, I can't explain to Tommy have, are really about to go on this sort of next wave with like Quadrophenia and yet, and with who's next. So they're, they're two, what I would consider their two masterpieces are about to come and yet they maybe are at the most powerful version of the who uh that 19 early 1970s uh who is there's no apologies in them and what what i love about 
by the leads is it's an intricate, really kind of cool set list. I mean, it starts with Heaven and Hell, and that to me is the start of just four egos at the height of their career in a street fight. Uh, and the drums from Keith, and Keith Moon lays it down at the start and just kind of like, he might as well stop playing the drums after the first 20 seconds because it's like, I'm done. Like, I've, I've shown you what I can do and the first like minute of that song, and it's glorious. And then the rest of the band come in, and you just don't think it can get any better, but then you get to Young Man Blues, which is just just a, a, a street fight. And then I think a quick one while he's away. Uh, after no, that's probably after, my favorite on that. And after they do their three songs from the early '60s, they do a quick one while he's away, which yeah. is just a stellar version of it, just a, an incredible version yeah. of the song. Herman's been gone for nigh on a year. He was due home yesterday. But he ain't here. Her man's been gone for nigh on a year. He was due home yesterday, but he ain't here. So from start to end, I just think it's yeah a masterpiece. And it's just and it's funny that you mentioned, you know, the the egos and they're they're kind of in there and they're, you know, in a, you you say they're kind of just going at it to outdo each other. But in a in a but in a, uh, they're feeding off each other. But for the who they needed that they needed those four egos. They're at their best when they're like right, that. And right. I th- and for I think. Me, when you watch the Isle of Wight or you listen to this, it's like, yeah, that's 
this is a band at their at their pinnacle when they are fighting each other, you know. And um, I think there are certain bands who work because they don't work well together. Right. And Rush are not that, right? And and you know, you you we've had this conversation before. You told me like, you know, it's like God, it's like you want to hear four guys trying to outdo each other on stage. Yeah. That's that's it. And it's just you know, and that's you that's unique to them, and mm-hmm. it worked for them, and. You know, this is getting back to my pick. So this is the Clockwork Angels live. And, you know, it starts with like subdivisions, like uh, probably one of the best versions of subdivisions I ever heard. There's going to be tons of people to say I was wrong. But, you know, that to me is like, that's about the only version of subdivisions I'll listen to now. And they do like Force 10, uh, Big Money, and then a little like Hey to the Crowd and they go into Grand Designs, which is probably my favorite song from Power Windows, if not one of my top Rush songs. And listening to that, every time I listen to that, I remember you saying, like, you know, about the Who. And Rush were big Who fans, like, (laughs) huge, huge influence. But when I listen to that song, especially towards the end, it's it's not three guys trying to outdo each other. It's three guys saying, you can do that. Let, let's do this. Yeah. You can almost see them looking at each other in the yeah. studio and going, do it. Let's go. Yeah. Keep yeah. Going. And it's, and it's just like this, you know, me like euphoric, like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I highly recommend you listen to it because it's the the end of that song is just an exercise in counting. And I and I think probably most live albums show showcase that part of the band. I mean, yeah. I'm a huge Warren Drugs fan. Yeah. And I thought Live Drugs was a great record great album, that really yeah. showed a band and their videos you find on YouTube are, are the same. It shows a band working, you know, just humming down that highway as a as a well oiled machine together. You're right, yeah. But I don't I don't if my if the who to me sounded like that. I'd be disappointed because yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't have that same it would almost be like they were on autopilot. And I think when you listen to other records, other live records by the Who, like like for example, Who's Last when they kind of they've lost the 
the craziness of Keith Moon, <laughs> yes. and then all of a sudden it's a it's a boring driving well, tempo a, down the highway. Cover, it's a cover and, band, yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't have that same oomph to it, right? Yeah. And again, so, I think certain bands had that, uh, and I think probably there's a little bit of that on Deep Purple's uh, Made in Japan. Oh yeah, I think Let's there's say, a little bit of that. I don't really like these guys, and I don't want to play with them anymore. But yeah. we're in Japan, and I'm going to knock off a great live record. Here. It's that well, it's the youthful exuberance, but also like you're you're you've put in your five to ten years now and like you just you know what you're doing yeah and you're a performer and you've got to put it all out there you can't phone it i'm sure there are nights that they'll still phone it in but you know uh, when someone pressed record magic happened well and i mean and like i said the other live album off against tossed around is james brown's live at the apollo sure got james's band hated him and oh, yeah. there's like a complete like he yeah. he was a horrible person as a band leader yeah. but again i think had he been a nice guy and and they all got together that record wouldn't have had the same and again i think it's the same with your record i mean i don't think if rush were egos smashing heads against each other that the album you would like wouldn't have turned out the way it is right there's certain things we want from certain bands right and I think certain bands work well because they hate each other yeah. and certain bands work well because they like each other. Right. I mean, uh, you know, gosh, heaven forbid the world at, at the kink stopped making music because they all hated each other. Right. Right. So, uh, like some bands need that. And, and I think it comes through on live at Leeds for me. Right. Right. So, and I think for, for rush, the, the, the camaraderie comes through probably in clockwork angels. Yeah, well put. And I think that to me, that to me is, you know, I saw the the final tour and uh, I haven't even listened to the last live album like they are 40, because to me, this is how I want to remember them. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so long story short, Rush kind of go running down the road together, the who. Beating each other beating, up in the middle of the road. Beating yeah. each other down the road. <laughs> <laughs> but those are the two live albums you should listen to, as well as Bowie Live from our uh, from our guests from the past week. Thanks for joining us on the uh, episode, guys. If uh, and follow us on social media, and please share on our social media with uh, music fans that you know. And uh, we'll be back next Tuesday with a very special guest who will be uh, looking at. An uncomfortable album. An uncomfortable album, to say the least. Um, and I'll give you a hint with this. Au revoir, my friends. Au Keep revoir. listening. Kenny Jones was better. <laughs>